On this episode, we talk to John in Florida. We go and then touch on Westwood and Kucher coming back after four years of not winning a damn thing. And then we roll into talking about, hey, what's it take to you know play in some of these events, um, uh, I guess down in Florida and as team members and things like that. And we ramble on about a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. And what's really cool about it is my partner in crime, Michael Hart, is here as well. So we've got guests. And then we're going to review some French wine that we don't know how to pronounce. So enjoy this episode. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed bump. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Faded Golf Podcast. I am Mark Julien. I am joined today via Skype by John Falkenberg. John, what's up? What's up? So uh, John's down in Florida, hanging out, gallivanting at what's it called, the Wildwood Club? Where are you at? <laughs> Wildcat Run. Wildcat Run. Very Wildcat cool. Run. So, um, John, why don't you introduce your guest that is with you down in Florida, uh, playing in the member guest down there at Wildcat Run? I didn't ask him how he wants to be introduced, but I'm introducing him as Coach Brian. Woo! Coach Brian. All right, I like that. So, so yeah, e- exciting. He's played so, more rounds down here than me, so I'm, I'm new to the place. That's cool. What, that's cool. Well, what's fun is we actually have two guests on today's episode. Um, Coach Bryant is John's member uh, or match play partner in the season-long uh, match play event here at uh, Chatham, as well as some, uh, plenty of other events as well. And we're also joined by my match play partner and co-champion of the season-long match play, Michael Hart. How so, we doing? Good champions. Co-champion. We're, we're looking at a badass trophy right now. I'm not going to lie. It's a nice ring to it. That's a pretty impressive but, uh, shelf. Pretty impressive shelf there, Mark Julian. I mean, you liked the shelf, didn't you, John? The trophy shelf? It was uh, pretty plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, man, I, I have I won three freaking things this year. I'm I'm can't, I had to kind of showcase a little better, at least find homes to put them. So tonight at Chatham was the uh, special locker selection, and little did you know, since Mark is the champion of the club, we'll just call him Champion 2018. He he had a special locker selected for him in the champions club yeah, that i was a whole not a separate locker room you guys don't even know about. i wasn't allowed in it you have to have what, at least what's, more this, than one what's this, what's this becoming the 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 uh the talk about the the champ of the world's here come on let's yeah. go let's move on let's go you guys are great uh, i get it let's understand <laughs> uh so hey t- so today's episode well, we can't have a side match we could set up yeah we could. I think we'll have that. to do that. Like, we think, like in, think, in Vegas. I think Ooh, we yeah, like in Vegas. Vegas. I'll, we'll see if I can get it set up at Shadow Creek. And maybe get a paywall set up so people will pay to watch it. You guys could fly down here tomorrow if you want. We got some afternoon open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be kind of fun, actually. Uh, Hop on Southwest flights, eighty-nine dollars. Go. That's epic. <laughs> It's so tempting. Michael just looked at me like, that's fucking so tempting. <laughs> it's it like was I finished no that Penrose it. project. Is, is Mark's done with budget. I'm thinking Florida Golf sounds great right now. 
It yeah, yeah we had a little snow, snow. last night. It it blows. It yeah. snowed. Well, it, what was it today, Josh? Was it eighty five? Eighty six. Eighty six. Not too much humidity for this time I was of year. Sweating. I was sweating. <laughs> it's a little too hot for me. Yeah. It's gonna be a seventy eight tomorrow. You had to powder up. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, gold bond. <laughs> so <coughs> we've got. I'm gonna give myself the hiccups here in a second. Um, we'll kind of jump into topic one. We're gonna talk a little bit about partners and some things here. But uh, so we were, uh, Michael and I were talking a little bit ago about uh, a couple old balls that hadn't won for four years uh, with Kucher and Westwood and. As, as we do on the show, we kind of touch on professional golf. I think the cool part about this is uh, the timing of the way both these happen. Both of these guys won on the same week four years ago and then won again this past week. Oh, I mean, what are the – that's like – I mean, though, that's got to be pretty close to the odds of like – the season-long match play championship <laughs> as a team <laughs> well uh majority of the time on the pga tour and it just so happens that they, this again fell on a european event and a pga event where they both won it on the same day i mean it's that's absolutely nuts if you think about it pretty yeah, random. i mean yeah. i i mean I, I don't think it i don't think it uh I think the stars align for a couple old dudes. And Lee Westwood's older than people think. Did you guys Google that? I think he's like 45. Yeah, he's 45. So he's 45 and Cooch is 40. Um, and so I think between, you know, Coocher to me has been playing. He's kind of somewhat been in prime uh, the last few years, although I know obviously. And one in four years, but I feel like he's still kind of in prime age. Lee Westwood has fallen off over the last four years, and you haven't heard much from him. So I think it's kind of cool. Backdoor top 10 finisher, regular tour. All day. Just grinds it out and will somehow slip his way into the top 10. It happens. That's that's a mark of a true champion right there. I want to hear the claim. Uh, actually, just uh, just you just remind me of, uh, of something I've been hearing some grumblings, Michael. I hear that you you made you made a claim. Uh, I don't know what was it three weeks ago, Mark? And didn't you record it? And I think it's your uh, your alarm clock now, Michael. My it's my ringtone. It's my ringtone. Can we hear it now? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, go ahead and call me. Yeah. No, 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 no. Confidence, man. No, listen to this. I'm calling. Here we go. No, no, I'm no. calling Michael Hart on his mobile phone. Yeah, you will never say that louder. Ever, ever, ever. Sorry. Maybe. Oh, yeah, you will never win the club championship. <laughs> Just repeats. <laughs> over and over. When I call him now. So it's my, his Michael, Michael, Michael says he's going to win the club championship. <laughs> and I said, you will never, ever, ever win. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> ever, ever. Now, in, in all fairness here, I didn't say I was going to just pick it up and 
run with it next year. This is a long-term goal. And I figured, you know, old balls like you will not even be playing because I shit. Mark's back is on its last leg. He's got about three <laughs> three years left. <laughs> Falkenberg, dude, you're probably just going to move to Florida at this point. Yeah. You'll fall in love with uh, with the weather and being able to play all year round. So there, there goes your chances. So I just cleared out two of the, the top players right there easily awesome. without yeah. even doing anything. I'm fucking drunk. That's too good. Well, well, are you looking for this? Like, are you looking to when you get to like the the seniors, the 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 senior tees? Because because that counts. That counts. It's legit. Yeah. Hey, I mean, whatever. Blue tees mean nothing. That's the that flight is just a joke. Whatever it takes. I I I would hope, in all seriousness. I uh, I spend a lot of time playing golf. A lot. I I spend a lot of money and uh, sacrifice maybe my relationship with my wife a little too much uh, just to play. Now that might be fun for people to do that socially, but I am competitive as fuck as the little kids say these days. And <laughs> why not? Why not set my goals high and uh, try to achieve greatness instead of just going out there and putzing around like I have it's a match play. Yeah. And I, I've got the taste of victory. It's like, <laughs> like the taste of blood for a wolf. You know what I mean? I'm hungry. He's a I'm hungry. Shark, man. I'm hungry. Baby. <laughs> shark. Like a wolf. Yeah. Hungry like the wolf. <laughs> Who's hungry. Oh my God. There's a dude. That's the newest. Uh, there you go. There's the next, uh, uh, faded t-shirt hungry. Like the wolf. Now, okay, never, let me let me ask ever. you this, John. <laughs> like, do you think a club is better when you have a bunch of dudes who are competitive and want to like push each other to to get really competitive in uh, uh, club events? Oh yeah, absolutely. You want competition, hundred percent. Actually, you know what? Here's where Coach Brian can chime in. What do you think about what he just said? How important that is. How do you get better at golf? Seriously. You gotta grind, baby. No. Are you gonna play against a bunch of chumps? Yep. You got Dave. You gotta go up against the best. You gotta get back there in the gold tee division. You gotta develop a, a training program. You gotta get in the weight room in the winter. Pilates. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you think he's joking? <laughs> well, yeah, hey, you know we have Tuesday, a true Thursday weight program. Nights, Tuesday, Thursday nights at West. Well, West hey, West. hey, whoa, 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 like, uh, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. But like Michael's already started making progress. Okay. So like when you started the year, what were you a 15? Uh, easily a 15. So Michael's down to a 12. That is oh. correct. So he, he, he was able to drop three strokes through the year, just working on his game. That's a 15% gain right there. Beautiful. All day. Pretty okay. solid. Yeah. And by get the way, get a background. You guys were talking about getting in shape. Michael, since January of this year, how much weight have you lost? Uh, 45 pounds. Oh 45 God. pounds. Wow. You want to talk about a guy you don't who look when like he like sets his mind, when he sets his mind to something, this is why, this is, I know I said never, ever, ever, but I, I also know how much time it takes to like, you know, develop a, a phenomenal short game and things like that to get yourself down to a single handicap, but single digit, you know, low handicap. Um, but I tell you what, as far as like 
his work ethic and when he gets his mind focused on something, I, I know he could. he's going to go after it. He's going to go all in. I'm going to give it my best shot. Well, I love it. Get a, back, get a background check. Come over to Westville yeah. High School. <laughs> we have golf-centered we workouts. We need a notebook. Background check. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, no, it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be the faded golf podcast with a bunch of freaking degenerate old men golf coaches is basically what it's going to end up being. It will let you know you can work with the JV squad and see if you work, <laughs> work my way up to varsity into the <laughs> A spot of the JV squad. Now, now you so this is Westfield's uh, team, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not not like it's some you know team that you're throwing away. You guys are like three time defending champions. This, this isn't Hamilton Heights, baby. No, yeah, I mean, you guys are legit. That's a that is a power team, and I, it, it's amazing to me the amount of gains that that program has made in the last ten years. So if you think about it, Westfield Coach was Brian. kind of just uh, you know putzing along, following Carmel and Noblesville, <laughs> and now they're the team to beat. So that's pretty that's pretty damn good. Thanks, so yeah. now tell me if somebody at Westfield is like, I'm gonna win state championship not only once not only twice but three times and people were laughing at them do you think they just gave up or do you think they they put the work in to develop see we would be doing exactly what we're doing right now the person with motivation we'd have a julian ringtone yeah that'd be the first that's what we do with our our kids yeah we have a ringtone that says put up on your mirror in the in the in your bathroom. Yeah. We, we, and then we implement DACA. <laughs> DACA. <laughs> DACA, man. Explain what DACA. Explain it. Was it DACA? DACA? DACA. Are you talking about the business <laughs> club? Republican, like, no, the, 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 the system we talked about that was more complicated oh than a, a logarithm at MIT. <laughs> How many holes did you guys play today? <laughs> was it a cocktail a hole? We played the next. We, we played, played 2019 rolls. Played 2019 rolls. Oh, I like, dude. I love the 2019 rolls like we did we last year. We hit a ball out of week. bounds. We triangulated and somehow yep. we sped up pace of play and made a bogey out of the deal. Bogey net par. Bogey. I love it. I love it. We triangulated. That's the key word in that, Mark. Triangulated. It's a good. It's a good. Are you? Are you allowed to bring out your compass now, or are they still banning that? They're banning that. No, that's too bad. As as long as in your notes you have not, uh, there's no arrows that are three-eighths of an inch or bigger. You're fine. (laughs) Good. Goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, uh, we got, obviously, we got a little uh, off topic there um, to a degree. We were talking about Kuchar and Westwood, and, well, it somehow turned it into us, but that was fine. So to our our next topic here, uh, what we want to talk about. So each one of the major manufacturers suggested that they were number one in some particular category this weekend. And I don't understand uh, measure. And I'm trying to, I'd, I'd love to get your guys' opinion, but I got in on Twitter and on Instagram and I told Callaway they're full of shit for being the number one driver in Mexico. And I, I 
told uh, you know Ping that they're full of shit for being the number one on the senior tour because it was a limited field, and I, I told Scotty uh, Cameron who claimed that they're the number one putter. I told them that well TaylorMade said that they have the number one model with the Spider, so everybody's trying to game like that they are number one on some particular tour in some category. Is that even a relevant measure to you guys as it relates to like looking at equipment or considering equipment on how many tour players are playing it? Is it rhetorical or like, is that a real question? No, that's the question. Do you guys care? No, I don't give a shit. I mean, it matters like, okay, if a tour player has success with some clubs and like, okay, that's cool. But it's, you know what it comes down to. It's like, it's a feel thing for anybody that's, it's like a halfway decent golfer. It's all about the performance to them. So like, again, so if 50% of the field is playing a Callaway driver or a Titleist golf ball, that doesn't matter. You're more concerned about who's winning with that club. Well, I mean, like who the pros? Yeah, the pros. Um, no, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I think that way. I think about, okay, I hear about it. Like, okay, these guys are, it's, they're hitting this club. You're, you're curious about it. You read about it. You're like, okay, but I don't say, okay, that guy won. I want to hit those clubs. I, I don't think that way. Yeah. I, I, it's it's subjective to me. I mean, clubs are subjective to me. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but it, it's 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 a feel putt. No, it, it's a feel thing to me when I'm hitting clubs or I'm hitting a putter or whatever. It's just it feels good. And then like I see like okay, well I hit that ball the way I wanted to, then that's what I want to hit. I I really don't give a shit what tour players hitting that club. That's me. Well, that's, I, I'm a marketing guy, right? I mean, that's my trade. That's what I do. And I, re, I recognize that like these numbers and these statistics are essentially made up by marketers so that they can say they have some leg up somewhere. I don't know. I've been, I guess I'm just kind of curious. Like, Josh, does that sway you at all? Like if a tour player is playing a particular, like a tour player you like maybe is playing a particular type of club? What I, what I find interesting is when the guys who come off a contract, so like use um, Rory, for example. You know, I just saw something today where he was showing, you know, he was testing drivers and it was very apparent he was hitting a Ping G400. You know, he's, he's obviously not under contract with Ping. And as you, you know, as you watch these guys, when they can choose what they play without being under contract, that influences me more than anything else. And mm. uh, you know what I mean? Like, so, you yeah, know, yeah. Good point. So that, that's well, and John and John and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago with, um, um, what, what's his freaking, uh, Kepka, you know, playing Mizuna without necessarily even a contract, but just because, you know, that's the club. Right. Well, remember what that, the, the, uh, the golf center at uh, PJ Superstore said about Mizuno clubs, like, like all their brands, they say like they get modified to the golfer. They actually like molded to them. Like they go, the guys that play Mizuno's on tour, they come right from the factory straight to them. Yeah. They do not modify them. So, I mean, like that, stuff. that, kind, that kind of stuff influences me, but it's, it, I really don't care that Kepka said it. So it's almost, like it's like the second tier story so it, it's like that 
Yeah, what are they hitting that's not their sponsor? What are they hitting yeah. that they don't get some special modified special club for them, right? I'm more likely to follow a tip from a slightly better amateur golfer. So if I'm sitting at the range and you're freaking piping a driver and you're like, oh, no, it's the new rogue or it's the new whatever, the new Titleist, I'm more likely than not going to try it based on that instead of watching some dude on tour because let's be serious. You can put any club in their hand and they'll still hit it a mile long. And they really drill down on like spin rates and carry and swing speed and all that shit. And it, then it gets like taken to another level where the club is almost manufactured for them under the brand that they're under contract with. So I, I mean, there is some truth to like, if you, if the Mizuno hands them clubs and they can just go out and use them, but everyone has a, a truck out there. Everyone's grinding down wedges to their specifications. I mean, like literally grinding the metal for a certain type of feel. I mean, that that in itself is on a different level where I'm like, I don't even want to mess with that. I'm just going to go talk to John Falkenberg or Mark Tulane and tell me what to do. So, so you 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 look at it. I mean, that actually makes more sense. Yeah. That's more yeah. relative. That's, <laughs> that's, actually, that's, Michael's approach actually makes more sense than any of ours. Yes. No, it really does yeah. because it's like it's actually reachable. Right. right. It's a real golfer. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, you're out there and by hole four, you're playing with your buddies and you're like, God bless, Bobby. Holy shit. You're hitting the ball great today. What do you do? Oh, I got this. I got the new epic today. You know, and, and it's yeah. got a standard stiff shaft. Let me hit it, Bobby. You hit one shot. I mean, it's much, yeah, you have a much greater impact immediately on that. Or Well, because it's also the realistic club that you're going to actually be able yeah. to go buy off the shelf anyway, right? right. It's not going to be some special tuned thing that some tour players got. It's interesting. I mean, like, Tiger Woods obviously set the standard and basically created Nike Golf, but has any Anybody rushed out to get Bridgestone golf balls? He's repping those now. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I mean, some people prefer. Yeah, but you like, hit them before Tiger, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I don't care about Tiger hitting them. I love them. Yeah, yeah I'm great. It's yeah, just. I, so, I mean, my only the only reason I bring this up is because I think marketers are fucking hilarious. You know, they all think they have some type of an angle, and that I get it. Like word of mouth works, and. If you can get people to product or, um, you know, sponsor your product or, you know, obviously give you good, uh, what do you say, like press essentially about your product, that's great. But I feel like it's overdone. And almost to Michael's point then, you know, go, go take a nice sample size from the guys at the club and find out like, hey, irons you know have piqued your interest in why what drivers what three whatever hybrids do you like best uh, um, interesting shit. good stuff guys i like that the topic of the day is about and choosing partners and why uh as it relates to i mean you guys are down tell me tell us a little bit about the event that you're playing in this week down in florida um, well, the event, it starts tomorrow and it's just, uh, it's a Stableford and yeah. it's, and you have to count, you count both balls. Okay. Um, 
and it's for both days. So uh, it's the traditional one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Wednesday, Thursday, Stableford, uh, 36 holes? Yep. 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 And so um, what we, would we hear that won it last year? 140? Yeah. So we need to be in that area. So it's, a, it's a net game. Net game, two guys. Uh, uh, well, they add both. Um, they use both for each other. So I think, so yeah, that sounds very entertaining. How many, how, many, uh, how many players? There's 40 teams. Okay. There's 40 teams. And this is the, the the fall invitational. This is their, like, small one. Yeah. Their big invitationals in the spring. I don't even know how many teams are in that double. Uh, yeah, I think I it's in, like, February, I think they said, so. The opening mm-hmm. round, people are the snowbirds are just flying, and they out. do they do all kinds of different <laughs> like they all do all kinds of different formats here, but they keep this pretty simple. So it's I'm actually looking okay. forward to that. So year. how much how much do you guys bring down the age demographic like average? Oh, dude, uh, we uh, buck um, the system down here. <laughs> I'm hey, let me let me tell you something. I looked around tonight, Mark. I was the only guy with not with no gray hair in the entire, <laughs> including, in, in, including, me. including including Falkenberg. I I felt. Well, really I know Johnny's got his grays going. Yeah, I was younger than you, like, Kevin Henry. Yeah, well, maybe Kevin. I don't know. I didn't look through Kevin Henry's mane, but yeah, uh, he had a lovely mane. Let me just say, he did have a lovely mane. He had a lot of hair. He did have a lot of, a lot of hair. Kevin Henry. Yeah, That's we need awesome. to get him on the podcast. You guys need to get him on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, so, it, it, so I, I think obviously I think when, we're, when, we're gonna have to we're just gonna need to we're gonna need yeah. to just par we'll a lot. To, we'll have to do a lot. A lot of pars together. Okay. It's the same place we get with a two per par. Yeah. Let, let's just say we left tonight and the words were spoken. You guys are the only two that can pull off blue jeans in the entire place. <laughs> 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 no, no, Levi's. Levi's. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh my I god. After that comment. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Feeling pretty good. You guys. Oh my god. Here sometime. Yep. You're you're self. Oh my god. That's priceless. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just just want to come right, out here. I'm literally gonna live here because of that comment. <laughs> he keeps coming down. That may be a t-shirt as well. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a t-shirt right there for sure. Hungry like a, a wolf. <laughs> hungry like a wolf. Yeah. It's because hungry like a wolf. Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only guys that can pull off Levi's oh, in here. Levi's. That's good <laughs> shit. And then we went to their house and a scotch for cigar. God. Yeah, that's good. This is it's fun, man. We're having so good time. Um. Well. I was going to talk about here, partners. Just, hey, you know what? You know, I, actually, yeah. I want to talk. I want to, like, yeah. the course is an Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer uh, signature design course. It's fantastic. Yeah. It is an awesome course. Course Greens is in good shape. Huh? R.I.P. Greens. Greens are in good shape. Greens are great. They hold, too, which is fast. I thought as hard as Are the greens fast? Um, they're breaking. We're breaking up. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I say, yeah, the greens are, yeah, the greens are, uh, 
slightly undulated. Slightly undulated. And they, you know, I was, what I thought was crazy is how well they held. Yeah. Bermuda base green, rough around. I mean, it, they, yeah, they definitely, you can get a lot of spin with wedges. I mean, they hold. Yeah, they, they definitely, you got to manage your spin in anything inside of 75 yards. So it definitely, it's, you know, shot makers golf course. I would say the fairways are very fair. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, guys like us, there's there's only um, there's three holes that you really got to think through what you're getting off the tee. Um, par fives are awesome. yeah. Par fives how, are hard on these. How long stuff. they have it playing it? How long are you playing it from? Probably tomorrow. It'll be 65, 6500 yeah. 6, yeah. tomorrow. Not crazy, but I mean, you're only at 10 feet. I mean, okay. we're at sea level basically down here. So, I mean, yeah. We noticed today, I mean, you're basically going to get, you know, anything you hit, you got to take eight to 10 yards off of what you normally would do. I mean, at this at sea level, it does. It does. Yeah, it doesn't fly as far. Fly. Hmm. And yeah. when it's humid, yeah. like when Ryan was getting ready to rain, it didn't. It, it oh, felt like yeah. a ball. You, yeah. you, you couldn't hit. You hit a, like, yeah. like, man, normally hit a seven iron 165, 170. It was lucky going 150, yeah. 155. It was definitely heavy air. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No gators, no though. Gators no gators. Oh, yeah, no, not a gator out. Not a gator in sight today. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back. Um, audio might be a little bit different than the Skype conversation because we cut off our uh, callers here. We are looking at the Chateau Tezo. Fezo. Sorry, Fezo. This is weird. It's hard to read actually on the bottle. I'm gonna. It's but it's fucking French. Uh, so I, I picked up this bottle at um, the, what do they call that? The, um, um, in, in the airport hmm. in France, the in Paris. D- duty free. The duty free. Nice. Yeah, I picked it up in the duty free, uh, you know, whatever. But it, uh, so what I, I have an app on my phone. So shout out to Vivino. Yeah, use it quite frequently. Um, I know I gave it to, to Michael as well, but um Vivino is so awesome because you can actually uh, you take a picture of the label and Vivino will pop back to you essentially kind of like Amazon like people's uh, reviews of wine and so what's cool about Vivino as well is that it'll tell you what hey this is the average retail price so when I pop this it's usually referring to American prices. It's not referring to French prices. And American prices on this particular wine was like fifty-five dollars. Mm. I bought it at the airport for eighteen bucks a bottle. Boom. So got a few of those, and I, I think I gave one to my parents because they were watching our kids and you know whatever else. And then I got a few to sample, and I figured, well, you know, Michael's here. Um, he's on his diet that we talked about earlier in the show, and one of the things he can drink as part of his diet is red wine. So yeah, two glasses. Matter of fact, two red, glasses. Red red wine. Um, I I think I'm officially 11 months into this diet, and so uh, early on, religiously stuck to red wine. Um, yeah. I think it helped curb my sweet tooth. There's a lot of sugar in red wine, and I don't know the science behind it. I didn't really do any research, but I was in when they said I could drink it. Yeah. Um, so I've I've switched back and forth between bourbon and red wine, um, but I do enjoy a nice glass of wine before I go to bed. Um, it's pretty relaxing. 
So I will, I've let this uh, air out quite a bit tonight, and it's uh, it's got a smooth, good taste. Uh, I so enjoy. So it's, it's a it's a it's a red wine. So it's kind of a blend. It's from Bordeaux. Um, uh, it, the whole bottle's in French. So I'm I'm terrible at wine, and I apologize for anybody that I'm offending here. But it's a Montague Saint Emilion. It's red. Uh, it's red. It tastes yeah, good. It's a 2015 Chateau. I'll take a picture of it. I will share it. Um, and uh, no, it's. I I will say if I if if I'm going to compare it to anything, I think it it is very close to, kind of a. Uh, I don't want. It's like a Merlot Cabernet blend kind of thing. Because um, uh, it is a little bit dry, but it definitely has that kind of like heavier fruit kind of feel to it. Um, on the nose, there's actually a little bit of coffee in here, which I don't even like coffee, but I'm smelling that. It's probably why I like and, it. Um, uh, gosh, there's a little dirt. Did it grow out of the dirt? God, I don't know, but it's, it's, it has an, a really cool nose. Um, it, it's definitely a heavier kind of wine. I would, I would recommend you, you definitely drink this with food, but because um, I got my wine connoisseur here, I did this diet of Michael's for like a month. And that was probably the only thing that kept me going too, is that I knew I could drink uh, a couple glasses of red wine. But at any rate, um, I've, I've become after going to France and this is something that John isn't necessarily a wine guy. So this is kind of fun having Michael here. Cause I know he and I both enjoy uh, red wine. I, um, I've become a big like French and Italian wine fan, um, since traveling to Europe. Whereas I used to lean toward kind of those, you know, just those California standards, right? You know, your Cabernets and whatever else that's coming out of California, right? Um, every now and then you you might drink something out of Oregon or you'd see something out of like Argentina that somebody you had on sale at the end of the aisle or whatever it is. But I tell you what, uh, going over to Europe got me more looking at French wines, looking at Italian wines. And uh, was that Market District, which I know you and I like to go to, Um it's kind of like our neighborhood grocery store here. It's a giant eagle, uh, like kind of upper end grocery, mass Great grocery. Selection. Fantastic. And actually a guy I went to high school with um, just started working in the liquor department oh. and was hanging out with him, talking about wine. He showed me a couple of Italian wines. He showed me a French wine, ended up picking that up. Uh, the um, uh, the decoy out of California was actually on sale that week too. It was like two, three bucks off a bottle. So I picked up a couple of bottles of those. Anyway, I'm... I'm no by no means uh, any type of special specialist in wine or anything like that. But, I'm well, I'm most definitely not a specialist. Uh, but I know I, what I like, yeah. And I know uh, what I would consider something that's drinkable that I would recommend to friends and that I would feel the. It's almost like my how I judge wine. Like I don't put it on a hundred point scale. I put it on would I take this to a party or would I give this as a gift. And this definitely falls into that category for me as like a giftable wine. I would take it to a party, um, especially because I got it at the value, right? Like I love finding the value one. Like I got it for 18 bucks. I could take it to you. You'd look it up and you'd see that it'd be $55 here. And you'd be like, damn, Mark brought me a nice bottle of wine and it was a good value. And that's what I'm looking for. And I think it's delicious. And it's, uh, I recommend it with food. I think drinking it here by itself Probably doesn't give it as much justice if we were eating something, but um, now you're really getting wine guy. I am getting a little wine guy, but hey, well, well, um, so a couple things. 
Uh, the app is really helpful. You will get a few funny looks from people when you're just sitting there snapping pictures of wine bottles. So don't fret. You might get a couple questions from the people that work there. And then what I've found is, especially at Market District or any like neighborhood liquor store, if they are watching you kind of struggle with picking a bottle, they'll see that you're actually doing some research. And then they'll probably go out and say, well, we actually taste these and recommend certain bottles, yeah. which I've, I, I'm going to lean on that and just kind of go with that. And then they're really good at also finding the value bottle too. And one thing I did actually pick up from going out to Napa like 15 years ago is that really the bottle that you're buying is based on like all the overhead and land that they had to put into developing the the napa like the winery and so not necessarily a 300 dollar bottle is not gonna blow your socks off compared to a 20 dollars bottle it's just like they probably paid like a hundred times more for the acre than they did yeah. for the original plot so like when you go over to italy and france they're like generational vineyards that have been there for before America was even developed. And so those bottles are like dirt cheap and they're everywhere and they're awesome. So I think that's where we kind of fell in love with it when we were in France is that nothing was that overpriced and it was very good. Um, I also felt like they weren't overproduced and for, and for like Allison, she was like, I don't, I did, I never got a headache, you know? So I'm wondering like they aren't putting in adding sugars and adding all these extra fruits. They're like truly just, you know, taking them for what they are. It is the drink of choice. Absolutely. So yeah. good call. Um, f- sidebar there. If you don't know the story about Franzia, like look that up. Google it. Yes. I'd... Look that up. That is a fascinating story that I read. I don't know, a few months ago about how Franzia was created. It, it, your mind will be blown on what uh, was done there. So uh, Also, um, if for anybody listening, the diet is called the slow carb diet. Oh, and yeah. it's by, I, I found it from Tim Ferriss. Yep, and, Tim Ferriss. Uh, well, actually, I found it from my buddy, Craig, uh, who I'll give all the credit to the world for pushing me into this. Uh, he found it from Tim and has been on it for about two years now with great success, too. So um, it's slow carb. Uh, you basically just cut out all carbs, sugars. Uh, that includes fruit, pastas, anything that goes along with that. Um, the real thing that got me is the one day a week you get to eat whatever you want and it's essentially your cheat day and I have gone wild every Saturday and so managed to lose 45 pounds. So without working out and, uh, it's, it's been a kind of a fun journey to track that and see how really, uh, your diet affects your weight, like goals, if you want to call it that. I mean, you can't outrun a bad diet, which I tried for years and years and years. So, um, yeah, that it's. It's nice to actually uh, almost get to a year doing something like that. I, I, wine like I, said, I, wine I, helps. I tried it for a month. Um, I, I lost a lot of weight, and I went back to my old bad habits. But uh, um, I'm trying to get back on the exercise kick if I can and lose a few pounds. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, for Michael Hart, John Falkenberg, and, um, of course, Coach Bryant, uh, I'm Mark Julien. And we really thank you for listening. And go out, uh, hit more greens, and you'll score better. We'll see you.